She said, hey, big kid, what you doing? Oh, you rapping now, oh, my God. Boy, you raw as fuck, hit my line. Hey, big kid, what you doing? Oh, you rapping now, oh, my God. Boy, you raw as fuck, hit my Hey, guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 36. Uh, we've been all over the place with our past few guests over the last few seasons, and a lot of it has skewed heavily towards um, developers' development on the ETH side as of recently. And, you know, as you know, uh, our sponsor for this season is Bitcoin Cash, uh, which is really exciting. Um, so we decided to um, change some things up, uh, bring on a really cool guest uh, that I was introduced in the space recently by. Uh, another one of my connections, uh, Linda Z, from who was previously at Coingate, Coinbase, excuse me, who is now at Scalar Capital, and she was kind enough to introduce me to Kristen Stone, who is a product manager there, and and I was really happy to finally talk to Kristen because the Bitcoin podcast and Block Channel itself has been trying really hard to get someone from Coinbase for a while, namely Brian Armstrong, which arguably I think it's better to have Kristen anyway. I'd much rather talk to a powerful woman in crypto as opposed to talk to Brian because I'm sure he's very busy. Um, so I, we, we're going to be chilling with her today. We're going to be talking about Coinbase, her background, um, but as well as like initiatives and just sort of like the general um, condition right now for, for uh, other women in crypto and kind of like maybe some of the struggles and some perspectives so we can all together as an audience understand where everyone's coming from. Um, as our space continues to mature and grow rapidly in market cap, uh, we also need to make sure that we're continuing to ramp ourselves up mentally and socially together as a group so we can all make sure we continue to uh, execute and to perform and act um, maturely um, as all this wealth continues to grow in the space. And, th and, th and this is important. So I wanted to be the first to have this conversation. And uh, unfortunately, this is actually our first female guest on block channels specifically. And um, that's not my fault. Um, that was just like kind of circumstances. Uh, so without any other further ado, uh, I'm also joined by Corey, Dr. Corey Petty, uh, long time, very smart man, red haired guy, all around good gentleman. Uh, and of course, uh, Demetric Ferguson, who we're joined with today. Um, so please, can you gentlemen just introduce yourselves for the 36th time? What's up, guys? Corey Petty here, hey. as always, coming in on Block Channel. Happy to be here. Hey, guys. D here. Stand-up gentleman. Black hair. Happy to be here as well. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and, 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 of course, like I said, we're joined by Kristen Stone from Coinbase. And so we'll go ahead and, and jump in um, by having her introduce herself to everyone. So, Kristen... Uh, can you give us a backgrounder on yourself? And please, by all means, you be verbose if necessary. Um, and, and just like give us a background on kind of your education, how you ended up into crypto, because I know you've been around for quite a while at Coinbase. Uh, and just sort of just like give us an idea of who you are as a person before we jump into uh, what you do um, from a career standpoint. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me on. This is exciting and I'm glad to be here um, and excited to be giving your listeners an opportunity here to hear from a, a female in the space and I'm hoping for many more to come. So a uh, brief background on me. 
I tend to not be too verbose. Uh, I joined Coinbase three years ago. Prior to that, I was working at an oil and gas company, which, as you would expect, are very different things. Uh, I learned about Bitcoin in uh, 2013, early 2013, before the first price rise. Uh, fell in love with it. My degree is in supply chain, so I couldn't get over how efficient it was, how effective it was, the ability to move money instantaneously, um, the idea for it to be decentralized, to leverage new technology. And I decided I couldn't live without it. So uh, interviewed at Coinbase and then moved over here not long after that. So changed my life, very different Texas lifestyle to California. Um, and couldn't have made a better decision. It's definitely been a journey. Uh, so that's a brief background, how I ended up here, a little bit more about me, because I think that's fun in and of itself. Um, just talking. Yeah, give before. us all the personal details. Tell, <laughs> yeah. tell, tell us what, tell us what your hobbies are. Tell us what, you know, ignite your soul outside of just coins. Oh, soul ignition. Um, that's what I've been thinking about for a long time. Right? How do we get excited? Humans are so interested and, and passionate about what the next, um, it, like, what is their purpose? Why are we here? And, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about that myself. So some of my hobbies are uh, crazy, uh, uh, like, life experiences. I've got a motorcycle, obviously, you know, do snowboarding. So sort of that living on the edge attitude is, is big for me. Um, and then as it relates to life purpose and just being reflective, I tend to spend a lot of time meditating, thinking about the bigger picture, wondering, you know, what are the things we could be doing and why humans act the way they do? Mostly why I act the way I do. Um, I find that to be fascinating if you stop and think about it. <laughs> Love it. So you like to like to like to do a lot of deep introspection. That's good. Meditation is key. I like I like clearing my mental cache too. Um, <laughs> but I have problems sitting sitting still for long periods of time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, don't I understand. Use it <laughs> Uh, usually it's because I have to pull out my phone to look at Blockfolio. Um, but <laughs> but uh, but let's let's jump into now, um, kind of like what you're doing um, at Coinbase. Petty, uh, Ferg, you guys want to like jump in and ask away? Yeah, I got one for you. So <clears throat> for one, like the like it's you chose Coinbase, uh, which was an obviously good choice considering they've become this this massive massive titan uh, in the entire community, right? What's it like to be on the inside of trying to figure out what, like on the like from 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 our perspective, someone who doesn't understand, Coinbase was super 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 corporate. They were kind of the most um, most compliant company in terms of U.S. regulation. They did things by the book. They were very slow to add new coins for a long time, and they've tried to become the easiest to use, and they've been very successful in that. But from a recent interview that I've heard from. Um, from Evan, Evan, Evan Van Ness from uh, Weekend Weekend Ethereum, it seems as though like in the early days it was very much a startup, and it's now over the years slowly progressed from a startup to more actual incorporating some of like the corporate type of atmosphere. What's it like being on the inside for that and kind of witnessing how you go from, oh my God, what the hell do we do? We have so many customers. How do we support this type of thing? We can only put out fires to becoming kind of like the mainstay of how people get introduced to this entire cryptocurrency or, or this entire technology. Yeah. Um, our product story, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I love that question too, because it's, 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 it's fascinating. When we 
started the organ and when I first joined three years ago, it, it was definitely a startup. Um, but refusing to bend, refusing to make any exception as it came to security and compliance. So in that way, we've always been, as people maybe call quote corporate, but it, it doesn't feel so corporate to me. It really feels like here, this is the integrity of Coinbase. We are not willing to compromise on the things that we believe matter to our customers, compliance and security. Um, so in that aspect, it's you know always had some level of, of corporate uh, sort of feel. And then as we grew, one thing that was you know an obvious experience is that the company becomes larger and there becomes more like more understanding. But Brian's heart, I mean, the, the way we act as an organization and the way I know Brian is, is, is that we are so fundamentally a technology company. What we are is a financial technology company. And so we have to be cognizant of what it means to operate within the financial world uh, to keep our customers secure and safe. A lot of regulations that exist, exist for consumer protection. Um, and so it's very important to us to ensure that our customers are first and foremost protected. Uh, and then from a technology standpoint, we want to be iterating quickly, moving as fast as possible, but we will never uh, compromise our integrity to do that. Um, and to follow up with that, I am also a Texan. Why don't you sound like a Texan? <laughs> um, yeah, what gives? The gig is up. The gig is up, Kristen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hear your hat over the Skype at all. <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to live internationally as a child, so my accent's one of those, uh, a bit of a, like, mutt. I grew up in Saudi Arabia, and there was a lot of people from around the world there, so I uh, got a bit of a mutt accent and then never couldn't get on board with the Texan accent, but I might throw a y'all out here, you know, a, a few times. All right, you grew up in Saudi Arabia, huh? <laughs> I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon ain't no accent coming out of you. no Texans there. <laughs> what's, tell us, so, what's, what's been the most exciting thing um, that's kind of come about um, with Coinbase over the past few years since you've been there, what what has been a defining moment um, for you while you were there, like during your career, where you were like, "Oh man, this this is just great. We're really killing it. We're really changing the game." Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, counter that with a a negative. I think because it's so much more interesting. Than that. Yeah, go ahead. You can yeah. carry it. There's. Yeah, there's so many things that everybody could say, like, oh, the price when it hit this or that moment when this happened. But the absolute bottom for me in this organization was when we uh, hit the 1300 price bubble in November 2013. And everyone was so excited. That was it. We'd made it. This is big. Everyone's on board. And then we had like two, two years of what I call the dark days, right? Oh, yeah, that was a very boring time. No, it was a great <laughs> time. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys helped me get a lot of Bitcoin then. To get work <laughs> done. Yeah, you could buy, you could lots of good things. But, I mean, your question was, what was like a defining, exciting moment here? The defining, exciting moment for me in this organization was spending two years believing in something that everybody questioned. It was painful and it was hard. And you oh, yeah. had to really hold on to like who you were. And I'm sure all... All of you have experienced that as well. Um, but that was defining for me because one of that, one thing that, that two year bear market was really testing your uh, your faithfulness to Bitcoin and the project itself. I mean, not me personally. Um, it was testing because it was kind of annoying to have other people have to explain to other people why it was useful. 
but it was some of the most creative times because people were trying to figure out what is the use case that really brings this to the forefront. You were having a lot of time to really trying to solve this problem that was critical to like your well-being in this organization, in this industry. Um, so for me, it was very defining because you, you had to think back, you had to think in a whole bunch of different ways you had to create. At the time, I was working in partnerships in the organization. Um, so one piece of work I did was the uh, integration with Fidelity where you can view balances. You're, you can view your Coinbase balances on Fidelity. Uh, and that was a really, at the time, like that was such a huge opportunity because it meant allowing people to see their balances in mainstream when most people thought cryptocurrency was only for negative activity. Uh, and, and that was a defining moment. But then fast forward a couple of months and it doesn't even matter because the price is at $10,000. <laughs> uh, so for me, this definition has been like, yeah, sometimes it takes 15, 20 years to build an entire industry. Uh, and it's not about what the price is doing today or tomorrow or FOMO on missing out on that other thing or this one thing you launched. It's about that slow and steady march uh, because you've set your vision and intention correctly. I want to so, go ahead, Dave. Hold up, man. Let me squeeze in there. I want to know, you know, like from a leadership perspective, how hard is it to, to wrangle everyone when all this noise picks up? The noise picks up inevitably when the price jumps 30%, whatever. Ether does its 25% every month thing, whatever. It's got to be really hard to get people to focus. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can only imagine because, like, that's how it was at first, man. Like, we were all, like, doing really good and just like, hey, y'all, like, you know, like, productivity was always high, but there was definitely days when things were bumping that it, it was not very the case. <laughs> yeah, is that a struggle over at Coinbase sometimes? Where it's like, why even work today? We... <laughs> You know, we, <laughs> we made like 300% y'all were straight like <laughs> I this is something I would love to do a case study on um, because people you know everyone at Coinbase is, believes in cryptocurrency and, and um, has their investments in it and everybody still wants to be here uh, and everybody I look at and, and you can look to Linda and, and all of the other people starting amazing businesses in this space. They didn't say, okay, I've made my money. Goodbye. I'm out. They were like, this is what I need in order to begin the business to bootstrap the activity and interest in it. Um, so I think from like a human, uh, sort of like behavior point of view, I hope that this is a case study in future college classes because it's fascinating that nobody, no one, I mean, Everybody wants to work and work harder as a result of all of this. I, th I think I think what it is is like I think I think what it is is that people finally had the flexibility and the bandwidth to self-actualize. So like they're like where whereas historically they would always have to like work 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 and hustle in order mm -hmm. to get the means in order to do what they want. But now now that people have that flexibility and they see the advantages and like kind of the long-term positive implications of it, people just kind of want to double down and like do exactly what they feel makes them happiest, but also brings additional value to the space. I and I think as crypto continues to grow in, in, you know, in price, like early companies like Coinbase and like Purse and all, like all these other companies that just like have been, had people on for years that are, that are, you know, directly invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that. I think everyone's just kind of like going to end up branching out like PayPal and just like everyone building what it is. But the, instead of it being five or 10 people now, it'll be in the hundreds. 
I have a, yeah, I have a point, I mean, somewhat of an alternative viewpoint to that. If I can speak to it real quick, it's it's like so like you you've been in Coinbase for such a long time, and you didn't get in there because the price was so high. That's not the reason why you're in this space. You're in it because the technology is so interesting, and because you've been there for so long, you've witnessed. And Coinbase is the on ramp to new people in such a drastic way. You've witnessed the struggle of putting out fires. And and seeing where the like where the holes are as the whole entire community witnesses scale, because where the problems are tend to be at the ed, ed, at the endpoints where people are trying to get on and off and where all the problems are. And you also see all the support tickets of people having problems and what kind of problems they're having. So even if regardless of the price rises, you're seeing where the technology currently fails, which is a very interesting problem, and really speaks to kind of at least from my in my opinion, it's it's it piques my interest of making the technology succeed in the future because you know where it's failing now. And that's really cool. And why people are like moving from Coinbase and doing two different projects is because the entire community is expanding and they're seeing these giant holes that need to be filled, which Coinbase is never going to do because that's not their mission. So they go off and do those things because they need to be done. Is that kind of a, like, do you see that happening at Coinbase and why people are leaving? Yeah, we're at a unique, unique place with humans where they want to be involved in something that gives them purpose and driving the world forward. And cryptocurrency is such a good place for that because of the, techno- the technology is so interesting. Um, and then coming back to your point, yeah, it, it can be a challenge. And there are a lot of really hard days at Coinbase where it is tough to see the failure points. It is tough to try and scale. Um, Brian's written a few different blog posts, or I think one main blog post about this that is like, we're doing everything we can and things are just scaling incredibly quickly. And those days are hard because it is our personal mission to bring this out to the world. And we feel as though we're failing and failing um, sometimes. And that hurts. So seeing those failure points is hard. And I think um, one of the joys is that not the failure points at Coinbase necessarily, but maybe within the industry, the things we know that are not part of our mission that cannot be addressed, people see that and they're going to go start their own uh, business to address it. And we're excited for them. Um, and to any extent, you know, we can help and be connected. We're always available for that. Awesome. I like it. Awesome. 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 That's a, those, those sentiments are definitely like, so we recently talked to Taylor from my ether wallet, who's also an infrastructure company and, and, and wrote the front lines of people trying to access this technology um, who may or may not be more ignorant than the, like the hard users that have been around since 2013. And y'all, y'all see all of the problems that normal people, like we would, we, we would call normal people, people who haven't been exposed to this technology and the kind of disconnect they may have that we take for granted and I think that gets taken for granted from everyone else when they say like Coinbase is failing or like they're not keeping up with the scale. The amount of like on-ramping and facilitating people who don't understand is so m- massive that people don't quite get of like the, the difficulty it takes to actually do that type of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge, and uh, Brian addressed this pretty early on in, in a really good blog post. And as an, or, an organization, we had to decide: are we going to be a wallet or an exchange? Because they're functionally different. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a wallet, then uh, what you're providing for people is a place to store their assets and uh, likely hold their private keys and all of that. But if you want to be an exchange, then you're facilitating the 
exchange between uh, a fiat currency and a cryptocurrency, which inherently requires having, you know, fiat regulation and um, banking relationships and all of these things that, that are just a lot, uh, a lot more work than simply being a wallet uh, and, you know, only having to interact with the crypto side. But what Coinbase wanted to do was be the bridge between the two. Um, and to your point, doing that is, is really hard because you're serving two different types of, of customers. And so uh, it's not always seen, I think, by maybe the industry and the people who've been here for a handful of years. But in my experience, pretty critical to allowing the industry to grow. Speaking okay. of the growth of the industry, let me let me hop in here real quick, and I'm gonna uh, derail the conversation to uh, a, a more interesting focus. Um, given as Kristen <laughs> was the um, first female guest to, that we've actually had uh, on the show, um, I want to kind of educate our audience um, on the growth of women in in the space as far as like choosing crypto as a career. And and luckily for yourself, you've been a Coinbase for about three years, and I'm from very familiar with Coinbase's hiring practices because I went through the interview process. I didn't get the job though. Poor Brian. Um, but 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 overall, <laughs> like you, you know, you've seen a lot of um, a lot of talent probably flow um, in and out of Coinbase, and you know, of that talent, you know, when I when I've been to the Coinbase's office, I've always been very pleasantly surprised um, at the male to female ratio that I experienced while I was there, and. So I'm, I, I commend Brian for his hiring efforts in that regard. So maybe we can just touch very briefly. Um, so why does it not make this like kind of the heart of the conversation? But I do think it's important to talk about um, is, is like the influence of, um, of female crypto leaders in the space as it's grown, you know, people like yourself. And maybe you can kind of just like give us a highlight of, uh, of, of how you've seen the space mature over time from this libertarian cypherpunk sort of like glory party to like what it is now as we like grow and mature to it you know th this new asset class this new this new way to facilitate finance and technology um uh, what are what are some growing pains that you've seen from that that respect to diversity and what are some things that have like delighted you recently as we continue to grow well, I know you said briefly, but this is a moment for me to be verbose. Uh, <laughs> please, be ver please be verbose as you can be. Please, girl, lay it on and let them know. Yeah, this has to be one of the things I am the most passionate about. Just the, the uh, it, it is big in my life and, and big in my experience at Coinbase. Um, so I'll start with, I'll start with Coinbase because I think that's so key. The way our culture operates and works is, um, it's something I call my experience here is that it is quote safe to be human. So what that means is for me, uh, I can say however I feel about whatever it is. Uh, I went into a sprint planning, had had a hard day with a lot of different launches and things that were going on. And, and I was like, look, this is a hard day. Um, and everyone was like, oh, okay, we hear you. Like, let us know what we can do to help. And we talk about like, when we're having hard days, uh, we actually have verbiage and like terminology for it, which was uh, brought brought through from Brian, which is just being above the line and below the line. And when you're above the line, you're sort of, you know, you're curious and interested. And when you're below the line, maybe you're a little contentious. You only think there's one right answer. Uh, and so we actually have an entire culture that is working to facilitate 
being curious and uh, cooperative and helpful. And as a female, that means so much to me because I don't have to go in and pretend to be something that I'm not. And I, I think this really plays across all genders. You can go into a meeting with your colleagues here and be exactly who you are, which is incredible. I can't think of another organization I've ever worked at um, that allows for that. And if you have a problem with someone, like it's expected that you air it and you have that conversation with them. And, and so the culture here really provides a place for individuals to be human, to be themselves, to have a bad day, to um, be positive, to be happy, to be sad, whatever the emotion is that you can be that. And I think that especially as we move into a world where people like your, your job is mostly your whole life right? <laughs> we talked about this, but it is your purpose. You're on your cell phone all the time. You never go on vacation. And if you can't be yourself at work, it's a whole life wasted. Um, and so in my personal mm. experience, Coinbase has really, it's really opened my eyes to how we can be ourselves and have people here to support you through that. Um, and I consider my colleagues good friends uh, as a result of, of going through a lot of these things. And, and we're open and honest both with ourselves and with each other. So how how can we be, you know, industry-wide a little more assertive about promoting, you know, women working in the in the workplace, women in the workplace, and where are we lacking and where are we doing well? Yeah. Um, so uh, Coinbase also has a, a very, you know, strong diversity initiative and uh, diversity and inclusion as well because they go hand in hand. Um, one thing is to admit the problem and admit how hard the problem is. It is not an easy, like it's not a solved yet. Some people do really well at diversity and that's true, but it's an ongoing issue and it's very complicated. It's incredibly complex and there's lots of moving pieces from how your funnels work in recruiting all the way down to, you know, how your employee performance reviews work. So step one is to just admit, admit the problem, admit the scale of the problem and then start working on it. Um, and then as an organization, and, and you know, there's, there's things we do well. Um, so I run a, uh, a group for women in cryptocurrency, and we have a Slack group, and we get together for meetups. And the amount of strong women in this organization is incredible. Um, and the goal of our group is to just provide a community where we can all connect um, where we can have discussions. We don't always have to agree, but we always choose uh, collaboration over contention. And that's one thing I think this industry makes it really hard for new females to enter the space. Because look at the Twitter arguments. Look at, I mm -hmm. mean, even look at hard forks. Everything in the space feels contentious. Yeah. We're a bunch of dudes. We love arguing with each other. And like, it's pretty, <laughs> that's our jam. Like, you're like, hey, no, 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 you don't know shit. You got this one tiny little detail wrong, and we're going to argue about it for the next three weeks. <laughs> because none of us are empathetic enough. So, we're like, hey, man, let's just, like, all hold hands and hugs and shit and, like, chill out for a minute and, like, try and, like, work through this peacefully, you know, as, as like, mature adults. And sometimes um, you can get lost in the technology and you can get lost in the money. And when it's an echo chamber of masculine voices, it's very easy to get stuck in that negative feedback loop. Yeah. Can you, can you I, I'd really like for you to harp on why that's important because I get more than one uh, verbal bout with people as to why it's important to have a concentrated effort to include different groups of people. And can you just please expand 
and please shut up all the all genders matter, all whatever <laughs> matter people. Like there's, it's important to have a concentrated effort for a group to be included in an industry. It's very important. I just this um the the platform is yours. Can you elaborate on that? Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if anyone had come up with like a really solid argument, uh, it would have shut everybody else up already. But uh, I'll give <laughs> I'll give a few really good, yeah I'll give a few really good <laughs> high level points that I've always come across. Uh, one is um, like different perspectives matter. A really good example is uh, one of the original Android prototypes, and when you were originally able to move a phone from uh, vertical to horizontal, it was like, you know, the, the screen would change, and that was great. Um, and they launched the product, and they forgot to ask left-handed people how they turn their phone, and so it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Like, it wouldn't turn the right, it didn't work for anybody <laughs> who was left-handed, or yeah, anyone who was non-dominant-handed who was left-handed and, and right-hand wasn't their dominant hand. So you just think about, like, the importance of perspectives is... Perspectives are important, right? That would be my first takeaway. And then the second takeaway is that diverse perspectives escalate everyone. And I heard this from uh, one of my male colleagues who said, you know, it takes a little while to realize it, but when when you recognize that diverse perspectives allow you to create a product and an organization and an industry that is just more holistic, you realize that you're elevating yourself as well. So it's not just about um, a marginalized or uh, a minority group. It's actually about the entire industry leveling up, yourself included, because now you're going to hear something you might not have otherwise heard. You will understand something in a different way. Um, and then the third piece is for the people who say, you know, well, like all genders matter. And I look, all people matter. I believe in humans. Um, but there's a piece here is that some some groups are have been marginalized historically. That's that's just true. Um, and a really good there was a, a video that came out that had all of these people on the starting line. And the coach was saying, okay, we're going to do a foot race from the start of the line to the end of the line. And um, but first, there's going to be some constraints. So take one step forward if you know you you have a a bed to sleep in tonight. Some of the people take a step forward. Take another step forward if you know where your next meal is going to come from. Some people take a step forward. Take another step forward if you have access to the internet. And another step forward. And it's just, you realize how far ahead uh, people get when they have access to more things, right? Access to different networks, better networks. And so, to me, the importance of, of one, recognizing that uh, some groups and people are marginalized. That is true. And then, two, recognition that diversity and perspective allows us to all uh, elevate higher. It is really how I view this argument. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to use it as ammo. Yeah. And it's not to say that everything's right, right? Everything, the community I have for women, uh, we, have a, we have a mission and an objective, and our objective is to create a formal network where we can choose collaboration over contention. Um, and I hope men have the same network. That would be amazing and wonderful. Uh, it's really just a resource group is all. Hmm. So I guess with that being said, if I was uh, a female developer and I was listening or, um, you know, another, another product manager like yourself, um, or just like an entrepreneur who's looking to like have an adventure in this space, uh, and I might relatively be new and I might still be learning, 
Um, what, what, what's some advice that you would um, provide me as I'm like kind of getting on my feet, journeying down the rabbit hole um, that would help me feel secure and not want to kind of get scared away from the industry? And like, as you stated, it's contention. Like, what are some what are some coping mechanisms that are important as we continue to scale ourselves socially? Oh, this is advice. Yeah, I if if nothing else is heard from this podcast, if you are out there and interested in getting involved in the space, um, know that none of us know what is happening. Don't say that. Don't say that too loudly. I've been involved in this this industry for three years. And in that time, I've seen Bitcoin go from everything from a payment network to a speculative asset. It has, it is constantly changing. I, every, you know, you make assumptions and they're different the next day. We are in, you know, the very, like we're in the first inning of what will be a technology that is likely to be as big as, if not bigger than the internet. We're in the very first ending. If you don't know how baseball works and you've never played before, great time to get started. We got eight innings to go. Yep. I've said this, I've said this a few times and then it's in like, like this, because we like, I think we can all agree this technology is here to stay regardless of what happens with the price. And because of that, just like the dot-com boom, there are two types of people. There were the types of people that got in as traders who tried to buy every IPO that ever happened and buy up all the dot-coms that ever happened. And they got got when the, when the, when the bubble burst. And then the, uh, there are the other types of people that really, really took the time to learn how to provide value and build these things as the technology became so so like pervasive across these things. So like when, the, when the bubble burst... There were still a lot of projects that needed developers to build the things that the, that the technology enabled. And that's the same thing here. These, there's never going to be a shortage of demand for the people who need to build the projects that are going to change the world. So if you spend your time trying to learn how to build these things, you're going to be in demand. If you spend your time trying to put a market, you might get got. Yeah, yeah, so and I mean... Do both. So do both. Yeah, no problem there. (laughs) And yeah, just just remember that as overwhelming and and scary as it is, all of these things are new. Everything that exists is new. So if you're if it's like, well, I don't know, there's a lot of terminology to get to figure out. Most of these like most of the language isn't even well defined. I've heard cryptocurrencies called everything from distributed ledger technology to like blockchains to bitcoin the industry itself is still trying to figure out who it is so yeah there's there's nothing to be afraid of nobody knows more <laughs> nobody knows more than you do come as you are and leave as you will be yes i love it so i guess we got your advice we got we got a background drawn women in crypto we, we we got an idea of what's going down at coinbase what's keeping everybody happy um, how do we, how do we close out here, guys? What, what, what's, what's, what's some big lingering question that I'm forgetting here? Contact improvisation. I need yeah, to know what this is yeah, contact in my life. And snowboarding and your, your, your personal, your personal things that you enjoy outside of crypto, humanize yourself a little bit more. Tell us why you enjoy those things. And while you're doing those things, do you check the price of crypto? <laughs> Good question. 
first, I stopped checking the price of crypto a long time ago. Um, like I said, the dark days. Why are you uh, lying to us, Kristen? Why are you lying to us? <laughs> the two, the two years, the two years of no price increase really taught me that doesn't matter. The price, it's nice, it looks good, but it's not about the price. It's about how we're changing the world. So. Guys, she's saying one thing, but I can see your video in the background. She's got a giant wall <laughs> clock of the Bitcoin price. I see it. That's good. Uh, okay, so you've become humble and you've become numb to the crypto. <laughs> kind of, yeah. There's some numbness. You know what happens. Uh, the, the, all right, we'll leave on contact improv and I can't believe I accidentally told you about that because it's, it's you probably, about that on purpose. You know, that front street, front it's, it's street. <laughs> it's more embarrassing than it is good. I think, um, <laughs> contact improvisation. It's this, uh, it's this form of dance that was invented in the seventies. It's a partner dance sort of a thing. Um, and the idea is you're just contacting another person you could do it with anything so if you right now if you put your hand on a wall you are contacting that wall and you can sort of figure out like where is your weight being put are you putting it through your fingers or through your palms spread out all all over um can you touch a little lighter but you're still touching in this way so there's all of these things that happen and the fascinating thing about contact improv is that it is so weird i mean like very weird which is great because that's how every, everyone is in crypto. We're all weird, so might as well do weird shit. Yeah, that's true. Hey, maybe we could get a contact crypto club going. Oh, um, my God, yes. I, 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 you know, I, like part of me just imagines when the price of crypto goes up at Coinbase, everyone just starts contact improv dancing. <laughs> just this really dope scene. And then, like, Brian comes through on, like, a Segway with a skinny tie, and he starts doing dance moves. And just, like, I, I just I hope that that's what it's like at Coinbase on a normal afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Only. I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get spontaneous dance parties to be a thing across the valley. No luck yet, but um, follow follow back up because that'll be my next initiative. Yeah, let me know. I'm all down for the contact improv crypto dance party. <laughs> <laughs> we can get a whole group started. It should be a blast. <laughs> I want to see like Brian Armstrong contact improv dance with Zuckerberg, and then they start talking oh about. <laughs> <laughs> then they start talking about crypto. Want to see. <laughs> No, oh, that was, I don't know. Jack, we, need, we need to see Jack Dorsey, Brian Armstrong, and fucking Mark Zuckerberg all in a room just just break dancing about crypto. That would be <laughs> <laughs> put that gif on Twitter and let it let it let it happen. I, I assume they had better things to do, but you know, if it's for a good cause, I'm sure you could convince uh, you could convince a few people to to uh, step up. Great yeah. cause. Just shoot Brian an email after the show. Say, hey, how do you feel about break dancing? And oh. he's either going to say I like it or I don't. <laughs> okay um you gentlemen uh do we have anything else uh, good that we want to ask before we get out of here should we let uh kristen go back to kicking ass and take a name i'm all good myself go kick ass ah uh. hey okay kristen we've 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 gotten everything that we can get out of you so <laughs> what, what we want from you next is um bring us more uh excellent women like yourself that we can bring on the show and, 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 you know, champion them forward and like uh, allow our audience to kind of understand like another unique perspective in the space, because although it's great to always hear from, you know, very talented, uh, you know, male entrepreneurs and developers and things like that. Uh, 
I mean, really, it's just it's been this crazy uh, man fest for the past like five years. And uh, but at the same time, there's been so many brilliant women working in the background. And I think it's time that we kind of push the bozos out of the way and let you guys like shine. Um, and so that's kind of like what we're like, kind of hoping to promote here today. So uh, I really think thank you for your time, Kristen. Thank you for your efforts um, for corralling women together and having them have like a safe and secure place to one talk about crypto, but also do it opinionated without uh, you know fear of backlash from you know other outside individuals in the space. And I hope more people feel more empowered and more um, uh, motivated to do things like that similarly. And you know of course. Uh, while you're working on your initiatives, if there's any ways that Block Channel, we've already talked about this, or myself personally, um, you know, can do to help support you and your initiatives, please don't neglect to ask. You got it. Yeah, and I'll bring in some more uh, great women and hopefully international as well, so uh, we can keep expanding our viewpoint. Exactly. I want I want international women. I want women from from the Middle East. I want I want to talk to somebody from China. I want to talk to somebody in, in Western Europe and Eastern Europe and South Africa. And I want to talk to all of them. I want to hear all their nice accents. It'd be great. Yeah, let's make this podcast as broad as uh, the yeah. the cryptocurrency industry, huh? I love Ac that's the, Access to everyone. That's the plan. Access to everyone. I love that. That's good. That's a good tagline. I'm going to use oh, that in a meetup group. Stolen. It's all yours. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, well, thank you, Kristen. Um, you know, we're gonna thank have. Thank you all. Wait, quick question: Do you enjoy hip hop and or rap music? I do. Who's your favorite rap artist? Don't lie to me and don't say it's Eminem. Ooh. Eminem said so good though. <laughs> Everyone says Eminem. That's like the go-to autist answer is Eminem, and I'm just like, stop. Like, it can't be Eminem. Rakim. <laughs> Rakim. <laughs> just kidding. Hold on while I Google someone cool. Oh, it's 88, Nate. <laughs> Lil Dicky. What cool rap artist name to say on a podcast? <laughs> cool rap artist, please. Um, it's got to be Lil Dicky because we've been trying to get him on the podcast forever. <laughs> it's not a bad one. I'm going to get Nate, back with you on that. When you have no, me back Kristen, on the podcast. No, I'm putting you on the spot right now, Kristen. You are a smart woman. I know you can answer this question. Who do you love and don't lie to us? I'm smart enough <laughs> to use this to launch me into the next podcast and have you all invite okay. me back. All right. All right, fine, fine, fine. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Oh, that was smooth, so I'm going to allow it. I've seen Mackie hand claps get just straight up juked. I heard you do the hand clap. She said, nope, not happening. Well, I, I did the hand clap, and she came back with it. <laughs> I might have even given you a little snap back. Give me a snap, too. That's, 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 uh, that's the Coinbase talking. That's fine. <laughs> I think that one just uh, might be me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, will you please, you know, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you for your time. We'll have this out relatively shortly. We'll include links to Coinbase. Um, I don't, I don't, can't think of any other links to include um, with that. If there's, unless there's any other sort of initiative or something you would want us to also link back to. Um, if you can think of anything, let us know. Um, and we should have this out relatively shortly. So, again, thank you for your time. That's awesome. Thank you all so much. All right, Kristen. Well, you have a great day. And say hey to Brian for me. Tell him, tell him, tell him I hope he has a good day. Yeah, and I'll uh, check to see if he wants to start his uh, breakdancing classes. Okay, good, good, good. Cool. I'll hit up Zuckerberg, and I'll hit up Jack, and we'll make it a, we'll make it a thing. I like it. All right, I'll talk to you all soon. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank bye. Bye. This episode of Block Channel was sponsored by Bitcoin Cash. 
If you love Bitcoin, you're going to love Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is a hard fork of the original Bitcoin legacy chain and features an 8 megabyte block size and a flexible difficulty adjustment algorithm that enables it to more easily handle large fluctuations in the network hash rate. Bitcoin Cash was created and quickly adopted due to its potential to provide a sound store of value and medium of exchange while still enjoying low network transaction fees and security of SHA-256 proof of work. If you're interested, check out BitcoinCash.org to learn more about how this asset can help you and how you can start using it for buying goods and services today. Say hey Mitch, oh you rapping now, you so bad, uh, I saw pictures of your cap now, bitch just back, uh, you ain't really fuck with a nigga back then, I just had a crush back when you was a 10, I don't really know if I see you as a friend, I ain't got your number, let me go and put it in, oh, no. bitch I can't be finessed, not a child got my dress, I've been in the crib, fucking up.